0: Welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the ruthless Matt.
1: God save us! Our... <laughs> no, I'm not doing
0: that again.
1: <laughs> I've been thinking all Thank week, should I just start Dave. singing at the start of every episode?
0: Uh, I mean, what what the start of this uh, podcast needs is more segments, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. That's
0: what we, we definitely need. Um, could do with a few more of those. Uh, uh, I
1: have got a new one this week.
0: Have you? If,
1: if you want to start with that, we can.
0: I mean, we might as well. Hello, by the way, listeners. We're talking about bent this week, or oh, at least supposedly. Maybe in an hour or so we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, go on, Matt. What's your new segment?
1: Weather's been a bit funny this week,
0: hasn't it? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, it has. Right. Uh, is this it? We're literally talking about the weather now are we yeah
1: yeah no okay. that was a little joke yeah little joke because I, mean, I think
0: we're gonna have quite
1: a lot to talk about with hellbent aren't we
0: i hope so i hope so I, i'd say so um but yeah I, I guess we should get the other stuff out of the way first right yeah um are you, are you excited to talk about hellbent are you, you sort of chomping at the bit or uh, um, rather? In, in some
1: ways yeah Yeah. Yeah. In in uh, other ways, no. Just in the usual (laughs) way that I never really want to talk about Doctor Who.
0: (laughs) What I will tease up top, uh, because I don't know if you'll be aware of this, Matt. It's a very divisive episode. Okay. Whilst Heaven Sent is almost universally loved, uh, fandom is a lot more split on Hellbent. Right. So we'll probably dig into the reasons uh, why... uh... A bit later on, but uh, I just thought I'd just uh, make you aware of that up top. But uh, yeah, should we talk about food or whatever?
1: Yeah, where where (laughs) do you want to start
0: this week? Oh, I don't know. I mean, what do you have for breakfast? What did I have for breakfast
1: today? I had uh, a couple of eggs on toast.
0: Oh, very nice. How how are you having them eggs done? Uh,
1: So my wife made them so they were fried. Uh, so I had a shower and came down this morning. My wife had made me some lovely eggs, slice of bacon, on toast. Bit of brown sauce.
0: Hard to argue with that.
1: What about yourself?
0: Uh, <clears throat> See if you can guess, Matt. Uh, bit of toast, bit of Marmite. <laughs> you would be right. Yeah, You're <laughs> a creature of right.
1: habit, aren't you?
0: I I am. Uh, to be fair, though, I, I was having it at... Uh, at uh, quarter to six this morning.
1: Wow, why so early? This,
0: yeah, uh, the dog woke me up. Okay. And then when I got, when I got back in the bed, uh, my partner was snoring, and uh, you know I tried poking her every which way. She wasn't she she wasn't gonna uh, relinquish. Um, yeah, that was that so... was probably
1: the opposite for my partner. Um, yeah, I mentioned it a few times. Friday night. Is my equipment now? The pubs are open and everyone's going out. I'm still just staying home playing computer games. So, (laughs) so had quite a late one with some friends and my brother last night, and I I don't Mm. want to say I've got a a hangover as bad as last time, but I'm I'm not as fresh as a daisy today.
0: Well, you've had a bit more recovery time. We're recording sort of mid afternoon this uh, this Saturday, so we're uh,
1: missing the Duke's funeral for this. Are we? Yeah. I, okay. Wow, just okay.
0: Yeah, I, d- I mean, I didn't know it was happening. Um, we touched on it last week. I'm not... I, I really couldn't give two shits about the royal family. Like, at all.
1: Are you like me, where you don't really care, but then when one of them dies, you really hope you get a day off? Uh, all of a sudden, it becomes really important when there's the chance of a
0: day off work. You know, I, I'm all I'm all for having to work less, but uh, to be honest, I I would genuinely worry that having a day off kind of it uh validates the continued existence of the royal family, and I'd sooner we just uh, got on with abolishing them at this point. You know, let let the queen, you know, finish up if she wants to. I don't see the harm in that, but there's, we don't need a sequel, do we? It's not like Last Orders at day. the bar. You know, finish your drink, but once you're done, that's it. I, I, I think it should be, to be honest. Wow. <laughs> there's, they, they are an anachronism. Um, and that's all that needs to be said on that, I think. Um, so, what about lunch, Matt?
1: Um, what have I had for lunch today? I had a little bit of pizza left over from last night. Uh Uh-huh. And just a cup of coffee. I don't think I could really face much more.
0: Yeah. I love a bit of leftover pizza, though. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that, can you?
1: Yeah. The thing is, conversations about leftover pizza are that mundane that I think we forget that we have that conversation pretty much every week. (laughs) (laughs) You know... It's like Groundhog Day. We always just it's go, yeah, impossible. you know, leftover pizza's good. And then I usually say, well, yeah, leftover chili con carne's good. And I'm certain we've had this conversation like hundreds of times, but just never acknowledged it.
0: I mean, it's a Doctor Who podcast. Listen, is it? it. <laughs> but no, but what my point is, you know. I think generally that subscribers to Doctor Who podcasts are the sort of people who kind of appreciate a bit of repetition and predictability (laughs) um, in their lives. Can can I talk to you
1: about Doctor Who podcasts?
0: Yes, go for it.
1: Because, you know, a couple of weeks ago where I was like, oh, you should only really listen to three. Yeah. Uh, I listened to a couple more this week. All right. I've made some new friends. Who have you been checking out? Uh, So I've been listening to the Who Can Convince You podcast with Harry and
0: Luke. I've not heard of that one.
1: Yeah, they seem like good guys. I've had a little bit of chat with those through the week. Nice. And I listened to, on the recommendation of Jake from Married to Who. Do you want to say hello to those guys, David? Hello. Uh, I checked out My Adventure in Space and Time. Ooh, that was quite good. So,
0: what um, were there any particular gimmicks with either of these new podcasts? Would, are are would, they all seasoned fans?
1: Would you believe it, David? That yeah. it's where, like, one of them's a seasoned fan and the other one hasn't watched Doctor Who.
0: Oh! So, have
1: you ever heard that old chestnut?
0: Yeah. And they are uh, going longer than us. we uh, or less original than we thought. Yeah. 't I already was not convinced that we were terribly original, but you know
1: no I think I think they're both relatively new ah cool uh so who can convince you it's two chaps uh just you know going through reviewing with the
0: RTD years yeah, funnily yeah.
1: enough, they talk a lot less about their breakfast than we do <laughs> and then my adventure in space and time it's two young ladies from Scotland. Reviewing classic who from the beginning.
0: Oh nice. Nice nice yeah. I mean that's that's the real challenge. It's you know, some some people call it the pilgrimage. Especially if you include the missing episodes as well. You know, just doing the whole lot beginning to end.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's an undertaking.
1: Yeah. It's one we're not gonna undertake.
0: I doubt it. I mean I've not i've not done it personally yet.
1: No. Uh, so Also through the week, I saw one of your tweets that you listened to 21 different Doctor Who podcasts.
0: I said I'm subscribed to. You you should be ashamed um, of yourself. (laughs) To unpack that a little bit, some of them are potentially dormant or fitfully active. Some of them I'm just straight up behind on, like Verity. I'm still subscribed to Verity, but I'm like a year behind on their output at this point. Um, But, you know, I dip in and out it in out of various different podcasts, and I like to have them all on my feed. Is there any you'd like to recommend that maybe people aren't entirely aware of? You know, that maybe Oof. not some of the big ones? I i don't know. I've mostly been listening to Married to Who this week. Let me uh, let me just have a little uh, butchers in my... I'll, t- I'll tell you what, one that I think I have mentioned before, um, but a long time ago, and, and uh, they don't get enough credit. That's Reality Bomb. And they are amazing because it's like it's like a fanzine in audio form. You know, there's comedy sketches, there's panel discussions, there's uh, regular features. Um, it, it's a really varied and interesting listen, and it comes out monthly because there's a lot of editing at work and, you know, a lot of effort goes into uh, a single edition of Reality Bomb. So, uh that's really, really well worth checking out. If you want something different that's not your usual two people just blathering on about a particular episode of Doctor Who they've watched that week, then uh, you can't do better than Reality Bomb, I don't think.
1: I always feel slightly heartbroken when you refer to us as, like, blathering on. Like, <laughs> last last week you were like, oh, we're we talking about this episode or we're going to have the usual blather. You know, have a bit of respect for your craft, man. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well then. I mean, it is what it is, isn't it, Matt? Let's yeah. be honest.
1: But also, as well, then. as well as listening to a couple of new Doctor Who
0: podcasts, yeah.
1: one that I've mentioned before in the past, uh, Clever Dick Films. There's an, oh, yes. Uh, been a new episode out on the Tenant era. It's been out for a while, but I've not got around to watch it. But I watched it this week. Yeah. Another 10 out of 10 for me. I really like those videos
0: they they are good, I think I've only watched up to the third doctor. I need to yeah. pick up and uh, watch their fourth doctor stuff. Say, I um, think
1: I watched from I think I watched the mccoy slash like cancellation one, but I might be yeah. I might be misplacing that I think that could have been the Paul McGann and wilderness yeah, Years. yeah probably
0: because and... that that he's essentially the wilderness years doctor
1: yeah, so I think I've listened to each of them from there. Um, yeah, but I've maybe watched one or two others, but I really like them. It, it
0: might be worth it. Might be worth you um, watching the ones about the classics at some point, just because it'll be a, a lot easier than having to watch all of their eras. Well, yeah, but will
1: will it spoil it? You know, like when we watched the Tenth Planet, I had no idea yeah. that was a regeneration story till we got to. Oh, the end. I guess
0: so. Yeah, it was. It was nice to have you go in unspoiled for that. I suppose.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, alright then, tell, tell us about your meal of the week, Matt. Now, meal
1: of the week has kind of been on the back burner for me this week. Um, yeah. my, my wife's been working a lot of late shifts, so we've been having a lot of like cobbled together meals. Yeah. Um, but I, I've mentioned over the last couple of weeks that my wife's granddad has been quite unwell. Um, a couple of people sent some nice messages saying, oh, I hope he's okay. He's absolutely fine. Yeah. He's home now. Uh, so to celebrate, we had like a kind of, it, to call it a pasta bake, undersells it. I th- <laughs> like my wife had, I'm pretty certain she'd seen this recipe on like TikTok. Uh, right. Where it was just loads of tomatoes and a block of feta cheese, put it in the oven, so it all bakes and melts into one coagulated mass, and then you just chuck Mm. some pasta in.
0: Ah. That sounds intriguing.
1: But, I don't don't know if I've ever really spoken about this, but obviously, like, in my day job as a teacher, um, I have a tutor group, I see the same group of students every morning, and our most popular conversation is, what did you have for tea last night? We, we discuss uh-huh. it every day. And one of my students told me that he'd invented the best dish ever. All right. Okay. Now, you have to bear in mind, my tutor group are in year 11. They're 15, coming on 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And this young man told me he'd reinvented spaghetti bolognese.
0: Okay. What's his secret?
1: Okay. So, you cook your mints, your nice ragu, make it all. Yeah. Okay. Then you put that on the plate. Uh-huh. And you put the spaghetti on the top. Oh. And I was just like, so, some people just do that. It depends what order you cook it. And he was like, no, no. It was like, it's it's so much better. So just a big shout out to upside down spaghetti bolognese. Mm.
0: I mean, you know, in, in Italy, they just mix it
1: all in. Yeah. I've seen it where people mix it all together, then bake it. So it makes like a spaghetti pie.
0: Ooh. Sounds
1: odd. Yeah. But yeah, like I say, we it's not that we've eaten poorly this week. We... there's just not really been a standout meal of the week. Um but
0: Well in that vein, do you want to ask me what my meal of the week is? Oh was? here we go.
1: You've probably had like beluga caviar or something just to show <laughs> me up. Go on, meal of the week. Darily dunkers. Oh yes. Was it one that had Spr-
0: tubes? Or yeah, jumbo it... tubes.
1: Yeah, once upon a time they used to do one. I think it's been discontinued. Where it was like breadsticks, but it had like a tomatoey powder on, so it tasted like pizza. Oh, I don't think and I
0: really ever had good. those. How, how many Derryle Dunkers do you think you could eat in one sitting? I mean, it depends on 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 what the the dunking implement is. If we're well, going with with the we'll go the jumbo tube. tubes. Yeah, because. Uh, for for the listeners who aren't aware, like uh, we've got a few international listeners, listeners, the the jumbo tubes in Dairy Dunkers, Dairy it, it being it's a little pot of cream cheese with it with some kind of crispy snack to dunk it in. Specifically, the jumbo tubes are a sort of I want to say maize based. Yeah, yeah. About the about the length of your index finger, maybe, um, and like covered in. Herbs and MSG. They are like crack. They're amazing. Um, but anyway, it, I could do three packs of them back to back. No trouble.
1: Now, when you say three packs, that, is that three individual dunker
0: packs? I, I'm of... saying individual dunker packs, not, not multi-packs. Oh, right. What about you? I don't know. Uh, I'm just
1: going to put that on... I've been writing a list for when we get back around to Wheelie Big Quiz of different forfeits. (laughs) I'm just going to put David Dunker Challenge. (laughs) We'll see if I remember that come October.
0: Righty-ho. So there we go. That's Meal of the Week. Um, Would you say that your Dairy
1: Lee Dunker was better than your lasagna for Meal of the Year?
0: Nah. It was good, though. Definitely good. I'm trying to think. Like,
1: I've had an unsatisfactory food-based week, I would say, in general. Yeah, likewise. Uh, yesterday at work, I sat down on my free period and opened my flask of coffee, and I didn't realise I'd overfilled it, so it just literally just sprayed coffee all over me. Oh. So thankfully, I work acro- our skills across the road from a Tesco, so I just went to Tesco's and bought a brand new clean shirt.
0: Well done, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I think we've all been there, right?
1: Yeah, but it's bad in a school. Last thing you want is just like 300 kids just asking if you've spilt your coffee.
0: (sighs) Yeah, that could get annoying. How do you cope when you've had a haircut?
1: Uh, Always get your hair cut in half term.
0: Oh, is that the secret?
1: Uh, Always get your hair cut every six weeks, half term. Yeah, that would make sense. Get your hair cut at the start of half term, so it has a week to grow in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Then nobody bats an eyelid. No.
1: What about your non Doctor Who television highlight of the week, David? Have you watched anything nice
0: this week? Well, I'll say first of all, no spoilers because I'm not caught up on Taskmaster yet for this week. Okay, it's on on the agenda for tonight. Um, so I'm going to say another. Whimsical Channel Four program with Master in the title. I've been catching up on Snack Masters. Okay. Uh, uh, what have they if... been
1: making recently?
0: I, I sort of uh, watch
1: it fleetingly on catch up every now and again.
0: Yeah. So the most recent episodes they've done they they included wagon wheels. Okay. Snickers. The most interesting was probably Shreddies. Yes. Because I mean. Imagine trying to make a... Sh- uh, for, th- for those who don't know, it's basically... The premise is two fancy Michelin-starred char- chefs have to recreate some mass-produced food item. as, as not, not a fancy version, but as close to a, an exact replica as they can. Mm. But without the benefit of a factory full of uh, industrial-grade uh, food equipment.
1: That's it. Um, There's a really good one where it's a really top Italian chef making yeah. a Domino's pizza, and he's just really sad all the way through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, but this one, I think the Shreddies is probably the hardest one that any of them have been set mm-hmm. because they're so uniform and so intricate uh, and such a distinctive taste as well. So, uh, yeah, that was a really good watch mm-hmm. in, a, in an extremely undemanding sort of way.
1: Um, What about you? Try to think what I watched. Again, I haven't really watched a lot of TV this week. Because it's been the first week back at work after Easter. I've kind of been running about a bit. Um, But one thing I did do, after I mentioned him last week or the week before, I asked uh, my friend at work who likes anime which anime I should be watching. Yeah. And Apparently on Netflix there's a series called Trigun that he really likes. So Oh yeah, I've
0: heard of that. So if you're that That's... way
1: inclined, first of all, unsubscribe from our podcast because we don't want you listening. <laughs> and maybe give Trigun a little watch.
0: Excellent. Well, there you go. An anime recommendation from someone who doesn't like animal anime there.
1: Yeah, now on to a Doctor Who review from someone who doesn't like Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, before we get there, Matt, you're forgetting the most important uh, segment, aren't you?
1: Yep. Listener
0: tweets. Uh, <laughs> it's the it's the the uh, the quiz show rip off that's uh, gripped the nation. Yep. Would I lie to who?
1: Would I lie to who?
0: Um, it's your turn, turn this to, week.
1: Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah, to uh, sort of supply you with some porkies uh-huh. and the truth. Um... Last week, you kind of... I think, originally, the premise was that they would be Doctor Who related. But last week, you kind of threw that out the window.
1: Yeah, just because I had a funny Um, story to tell you.
0: (laughs) Just any excuse to crowbar it in. Um, So, that being the case, uh, I thought I would... Because I've I've had quite a quiet Who week myself. Uh Apart from Hellbent, I've not really watched any Doctor Who or read anything. It's just... uh, not really had much time for that, so I thought I would instead talk about um, something that that is more of an influence on my life, which is children's TV at the moment. Okay. And specifically children's TV music, so these are all kids' TV music related. Oh, excellent. Um, so the first one is, I have listened to the full version of a Fireman Sam theme tune 12 times in the past 48 hours of my own free will. Okay. I, I know that there's...
1: How long? Uh, I'll ask questions once you've got this. The... Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the second one is, I once made a video of my dog singing the A woohoo part of the Dog theme tune. It is the only thing I've ever uploaded to YouTube. Okay. And the last uh, statement... I have had the Creature Report song from Octonauts stuck in my head for days, and I estimate it's cost me a total of six hours sleep so far this week. Right. Now, Octonauts
1: is the more modern of those three shows. It is, yeah. It's the one I'm least familiar with. So yeah. uh, I'll ask questions about that later. Right. Okay. How how long is the full Fireman Sam? Cause,
0: it's like a full-length song. It's, it's over three minutes.
1: Yeah, because I know...
0: I was it, tweeting about it the other day. Yeah,
1: doesn't it go? Duh, 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 hurry, hurry,
0: Feynman, Sam. He's always on no. the scene. Feynman. is it that one or is the? I a... mean, yeah, you're, you're butchering the tune a bit, but it's it's similar to that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think you're in the right ballpark. What really struck me was because um, I, I revisited it out of curiosity for the first time in uh, in decades the other day. And I found, stumbled across this like full length version that's even got like like a guitar solo in the middle and some really intricate arrangement. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is like this is like practically like eighties neo prog. Yeah. This is really good." So that's uh, it's genuinely made me wonder how much of my musical taste is influenced by by subconsciously by that uh, one song. Um, and yeah, so I've been kind of just uh, hitting it pretty hard ever since.
1: Okay. So statement number two was your dog can sing the Ducktales theme tune.
0: Yeah, specifically the "woo" bit.
1: Okay. Uh, who's your favourite character from Ducktales?
0: Um, probably Launchpad McQuack.
1: Okay. Okay, I was just testing your Ducktales knowledge there. <laughs>
0: I grew up in the 90s, Matt.
1: Yeah. Well, I I was thinking that yesterday when I was watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Invincible. I was like, this is just like when I was little and there was Saturday morning cartoons. Now they're just on a Friday night and really violent.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I see what you're saying with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm I'm obviously not following Invincible, but uh, yeah, I'll be honest. I'm kind of struggling with Falcon and the Winter Soldier a bit. It it's it's a bit scatter shot for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would say episode four or no episode five. It must be this week. Yeah. It, it it's quite slow, but it's obviously yeah. building
0: to a finale. Yeah, I'll be interested to see where it goes. I'm not like dropping it or anything, but yeah, I've just found it's a little bit kind of uh, dithery, mm. and I kind of wonder is it is this basically like a, a, a film script that's been padded out to to six hours mm. when it could have been, you know, two and a half?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then what was the Octonauts one that you've listened to that so much it's like taken over
0: your it's brain? It's just stuck in my head. Uh, basically, Octonauts, at the end of every, every episode, it's a horrible CGI animated thing. Imagine it's basically a sort of chibi version of stingray with animals uh-huh. um and it it every, it's sort of like you know the usual in inverted commas edutainment where where they sort of try to justify the existence of it being a cartoon by crowbarring in facts uh, specifically facts about marine life so every episode ends with a creature report and they sing this song and they'll change the lyrics every every time to be facts about the particular
1: Okay, can you give yep, me a couple creature. of bars of the song,
0: please? Okay, so it always starts and ends the same way, and then in the middle it's just a, a string of facts. So it starts by going, creature report, creature report, creature report, and then load of facts, and then it ends with, we're done with a mission. Octonauts at ease until the next adventure. Okay. Every ten minutes for an hour at a time when when little is is watching Octonauts. Right, out out of hand. I'm
1: kind of going to dismiss number two.
0: Right. Okay. okay. Why is that? Uh,
1: just cause. I, I mean, I know a dog singing's quite funny, but mm-hmm. it just seems a little out of your wheelhouse. I know you like dogs, and I know you like funny things like dog singing, but mm-hmm. um, octonauts, I totally could believe. Obviously, your little yeah. boy could be watching that. But I think I'm going to dismiss that as well.
0: Because I
1: think if you were if you were going to sit down and watch cartoons with him, I think you'd be more inclined to try and get him into older ones. And that, David, is why I'm going with Fireman Sam. Mm.
0: Well, there is a kernel of truth in that one. I, like I say, I was tweeting about it. I have listened to the Fireman Sam theme tune quite a few times mm-hmm. in the last... Uh, 48 hours. I don't think it's as many as 12 times, though. Okay. The correct answer is actually two. Oh, Dog really? Tales. Yeah, I'll include a link in the show notes. If you're curious, listeners, that video is currently sat on 1.3k views. All right. Let's
1: get it up to 2k. Let's get it monetized, and then we can buy some new pod equipment. <laughs> right. So it, is, is a follow-on question. Hold on, because that takes it. I think that's 6.2 now. A right. Really big quiz. What? Yep. What do you think is the best children's television show theme music
0: of all time?
1: Yeah, because I, I, th- when you were talking about thingy the other day, Fireman Sam, I threw yeah. out Spooks of Bottle Bay as an underrated uh, one.
0: Definitely, that is an underrated classic. Um But i
1: I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with a big hitter here. Yeah. I think it's Okie Doke.
0: I don't think I remember Okie Doke.
1: If you have a problem and you need a helping hand, cross the dell, ring the bell, he'll understand. Don't worry, cos here comes Okey Doke.
0: This is not ringing bells for me. What channel was it
1: on? Uh, BBC Two. The ah. friendliest of folks is Mr Okey Doke.
0: I do not. Matt.
1: Okey-doke, okey-doke, oh, <laughs> help for one Drills, man. Get ready for good old Mr. Okey-doke.
0: I'll take your word for it, uh, Matt. I think I'd say, I mean, DuckTales has got you has got to be in the discussion, right? Yeah. That's just a straight-up banger. I have a soft spot for family-ness. Yes.
1: Yes. McToot blows
0: on his bagpipes. bagpipes.
1: Whilst Elspeth yeah. and Angus watch those notes rolled closely across the waves. And then it starts rapping, and I can't do that okay. bit. What about. I mean, there is a, a clear champion that I think we'll end on. But right. um, Pigeon Street is a good one. Oh, yeah.
0: Big yeah, fan yeah. of
1: Pigeon Street. Pigeon Street is good. Um, I, oh, I mean, are we
0: landing on Poddington Peas?
1: Oh, we were not, no, but down at the bottom of the garden, David, amongst the yeah. birds and the bees, there
0: yeah. lives a lot of little people. A little people. They're called the Poddington Peas, Matt.
1: They are. Now, for the finale, I thought we were just going to go for our all-time favourite.
0: Bertha,
1: Buffy. lovely Bertha, you are a lovely <laughs> machine. Yeah. I'll tell you what else is good as well.
0: Was he called... Oh, go on, quick. I, sh- I should have known, listeners, that I was opening a can of worms here. Is it called yeah, Charlie on. Chalk? Oh, Charlie a, Chalk, yeah. That
1: was a bit like Bertha, but he was like a clown on a desert island or something.
0: Yes. That was yeah. a peculiar one, Charlie Chalk.
1: Yeah. So if you have any suggestions, listeners, of best children's TV theme tune, uh, just keep them to yourself, because we're not interested right
0: <laughs> we've, we've 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 solved that one now so yeah we can it's perfect. all right yeah um okay are sh- we done can we talk about Hellbent? is we it can. time
1: should we have some listeners tweets
0: i've started well, let's put- give it a go i've
1: started putting that in the running order because i forgot a couple yeah. of weeks ago and then i felt really rude that yeah. people had sent long messages right so we'll start with james james courtney do you want to say hello to james david Hello. He says, I'll start by finishing off the review of Heaven Sent. It's a meditation on grief, but it's also about not letting that grief go and the insanity it can cause. Right, on to Hellbent. I know this one is divisive, but I love it. Mm-hmm. After having an hour of nothing but Capaldi talking for an hour, we are then treated to 20 minutes of silence from him, and it's just as masterful. It has a total Western vibe, as he faces down the Time Lords before deconstructing their government. Once beyond that, the raging Time Lord will stop at nothing to get Clara back. We finally get to see a true glimpse of what the Time Lord Victorious is. Guns are alright for them. I read an interview with Moffat the other day where he described the Doctor as a liberal fascist. He imposes his beliefs onto others. The Time Lord Victorious is similar, just with the liberal bit taken away. Nothing could stand in their way. Nothing but Clara. Once he saves Clara, he does what he would always... uh, He would always... I think that should say do once he found Gallifrey. Leave the dull place. Then we get more me. Before finally getting to the crux of the episode. Back to whether removing Clara's memories is right or not. Back to the fascism notice... Sorry, notion again. So... Of course, Clara being the Doctor at this point manages to defeat the villain by turning his technology against him and thus restoring him as the Doctor who then at last gets a new Sonic. But Clara also gets to stay as the Doctor reborn like the Time Lord now with a TARDIS. Now for some fan theory nonsense. That woman woman in the barn she has to be the same one from the end of time, right? Well, let me prove-ish that she is the Doctor's dad. In the conversation with me, we get a hint that the Doctor might be half-human. We know this is true because the plot of the TV movie revolves around it and also tells us that it's his mother who is human. In Heaven Sent, the Doctor is stalked by a memory of a decaying corpse just left outside. We also learn that the Time Lords take forever to die, so so that is unlikely to be a Time Lord. Therefore, he was being stalked by his mother, and so Claire Bloom plays the Doctor's dad in the end of time. Anyway, I love this story, in case you can't tell. I probably haven't said half the things I wanted to, and thanks for the
0: books. Wow, that's really lovely, and some really, really interesting thoughts there. Uh, that head cannon at the end is amazing. I'd never considered that before, but... Yeah, that's, uh, Doctor's daddy. That's some good stuff. Yeah.
1: Right, next one. Don't worry, it's nowhere near as long. Okay, from Frank, he says, I honestly don't care about the first three quarters, but man, the whole last section really gets to me. Having been in a codependent friendship, it's super emotional, watch for me. Five out of ten. Could do with a little less mopey doctor being badass on Gallifrey.
0: Yeah, that's, I think it's it's the... I don't know. It's divisive for all kinds of reasons, this episode, and I think we'll we'll, we'll kind of... I'll try to unpack some of that as we go. Okay. Uh,
1: Jake from the Married to Who podcast says, I'm the only human who likes it even more than Heaven Sent. <laughs> I love. That I can believe. I love the badass Western setting of the first third. The Doctor breaking bad on Gallifrey and the goodbye to Clara is beautiful. I don't have time for people who says this story takes away from Face the Raven.
0: Yeah, that is a common criticism of this one. And uh, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll find out how you feel about that uh, in due course. Okay. Then we've got a tweet from a new listener, David. Oh, exciting. Okay,
1: so we've got a tweet. I
0: can't believe we're still getting new listeners. I
1: know. I can't believe I we, like we, should, been, we like, should be, like be losing down.
0: numbers, if anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, we've got a tweet from Clover on Twitter. Do you want to say hello, David? Hello. Who says, I can't really pick a moment out. I love the, all of it. I'm a huge fanboy.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's So, in our listenership, it seems like the trend is towards being favourable mm. to the episode. Um. So, is, is that all of our tweets, Matt?
1: No, of course not. Because, okay. David... We, of course, have one from internet celebrity Marty McLean.
0: It's amazing that he takes time out of his busy schedule every week to... Uh, He's always got time for the little this. people. Ah, oh, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, he says, I really
1: love the diner scenes. Was Clara's memories wiped? Is this another splinter of Clara we haven't met yet? Mm. No, it's the Doctor who was forgotten. Also features one of my favourite puns, where asked... If he's been travelling, the Doctor says, from time to time. Yeah, that's a good that's a good one. I would have loved to have it. seen the events of Rassilon, preferably played by Timothy Dalton, being disposed after the war, not just told it happened. Despite that, it was enjoyable and a nice end to Clara, and it's now my third favourite Moffat finale after Series 5 and Series 10.
0: Interesting. I don't think I've ever specifically sort of ranked Moffat finales in my head. Um, don't know where this one would come, to be honest. Right. Right and, then. And we have one final tweet.
1: Okey-doke. From another new listener. This one comes from Amy. Do you want to say hello to Amy, David? Hi, Amy. Who says, I'll be interested in hearing your thoughts on the episode. Well, Amy, wait no longer, because here we go. Strap yourself in.
0: All right then, Matt, Um, where are you ranking Hellbent?
1: Probably, I don't know, like, I would say good episodes, some bad bits, but for me, like, the good bits aren't great and the bad bits aren't terrible. It's a very, very, I can understand why it's so divisive. It's Mm. very, very middle ground for me.
0: That's interesting, that's interesting. Um, You know,
1: this would be my line. If an episode's any worse than this, it's bad. And if it's any better, it's good.
0: (laughs) So, you know, but it's not, you can't say it's like no emotional attachment. No, 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 it's, it's, it's it's not. Definitely.
1: Yeah, it's not meh. You know, like I say, there are some bits that are good, but, you know, in a year or so's time, will I be reflecting on Hellbent as a standout episode? I don't think so. But likewise, I I don't think I'll be looking back as it, as being terrible.
0: I have enjoyed it more every time I've watched it. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's one that has grown in stature for me over the years. I think first, if you asked me after my first watch, I might have said, good episode, bad bits, you know, something round about there. Not quite as well as you were rating it there, but that kind of area like a sort of six and a half out of ten kind of thing but i think now i would just say straight up good episode what flaws it has at this point i consider to be pretty minor um because i i think you have to tune in to what this episode is doing and it's easier to do that when you already know exactly what's coming um so it definitely holds up and, you know, improves on a rewatch for me. Um, what I would say is, I think, as as Doctor Who finales go, it is probably the most poetic that we've had mm-hmm. to date. It's not, you know, there's no explosions or fireworks or action, really, to speak of. It's very meditative and... Uh, it, it it's it's about the emotions and the thoughts and the feelings um but not really about you know there's no yeah there's not really any action at all to speak of in this is there
1: no it it, it if we go back to last week and heaven sent yeah it, it's an entirely different type of episode isn't it
0: Yes, and absolutely. I, and
1: I would say to an extent, this is an entirely different type of episode. And it, yeah. it's just a type that perhaps didn't resonate me, with me as
0: much as last episode. I think that the thing the thing with Heaven Sent is it's doing one thing. Mm. And it takes you a moment to tune into what it's doing, but when you realise you're like, oh, right, okay, and you're, just, you're locked in for that story, that's what it's doing. Whereas this episode... It's it's a bit more of a jigsaw puzzle, mm-hmm. of of some very distinctive times, quite contrasting ideas and flavors, and and I think it does all come together. But it's easier to appreciate how it all fits together when you already know what the final picture is. Mm-hmm. If I, I've really butchered that metaphor, but. Um, you know, you get what I mean. Um, but on a first viewing, I do recall being a little bit like, huh. You know, it, it, it took a while to really sink in and, and a couple more watches to, re- to for me to really kind of uh, get a good handle on. But now that I have that, I, I do really appreciate what this episode does. And and. If nothing else, I think it is a it's a great send off for Clara hmm. um
1: also i think I think the last time I said this was when it was the one with the lion man in it, it yeah that the woman that lived or whatever it was called yeah there there was just a moment in this episode where
0: i, I was just struck by how beautiful Jenna Coleman is, oh my goodness, yeah, um. We, it's probably going to be our last chance to say it for a while, but... So, yeah, but uh, I, d-
1: I don't get that feeling yeah. every episode, but there was just a bit where she'd come back to life yeah. and I was just like, oh, lordy.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's the... I'll be honest, it's it's the waitress outfit for me in this, in this episode. Oh,
1: David, keep your dark yeah. fantasies to yourself. <laughs> Bloody pervert.
0: <laughs> um... But anyway... I did wonder um, why
1: on webcam you've only got from the head up. I bet... <laughs> you <laughs> bloody dressed up, aren't you? You <laughs> deviant.
0: I'm wearing nothing but a pair of fishing waders.
1: You're a naughty boy. <laughs> no, 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 not like that. You, you, you've got a sickness within you, David.
0: <laughs> anyway, um... That all being said, shall we uh, kind of go through it then?
1: Yeah. So, this is Hellbent, episode 12 of season 9, from the 5th of December, 2015. Yep. Okay, so, I don't want any spoilers, David, but next episode... Yes. Will we be within five years of where we currently are?
0: Uh, well, the next episode is, a, is the 2015 Christmas special, so... Oh. Uh, We're not quite there yet.
1: Right. So this is written by Stephen Moffat, directed by Rachel Talalay. Mm -hmm. Shall we just jump into it, David?
0: We shall. But in case I I forget to say it at any other point, uh, Rachel Talalay, again, proving why she is probably the best director Doctor Who has ever had Mm -hmm. um, in this episode. Say what you like about the script. the shot choices and the composition are never less than perfect, in my opinion, in this story.
1: All right. Well, there you go. So we open in Nevada in the USA, mm-hmm.
0: and I love that it, like immediate wrong footing because you know we just we'd had that cliffhanger. So I was like, oh, the doctor's on Gallifrey, <gasps> and then you know, next episode, no, yeah, no, America.
1: Yeah. At first. Because it doesn't immediately say it's Nevada. At first, Mm. I was like, how did he get a Cadillac on Gallifrey? (laughs) Because it is all dusty and horrible.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And he pulls up to a gas station, and immediately I've said, is this the same one that Matt Smith goes to with Rory and Amy? Uh Uh-huh. And when he goes inside, Clara's working there. Yeah. Uh, They have a little chat, and a little bit of trivia you might not know, David... Yeah, I'd be surprised if you knew this. Did you know that Peter Capaldi can play the guitar?
0: <laughs> you know, it hadn't it hadn't occurred to me before. But yeah, I guess doesn't he? Maybe I'm misremembering. Does he do it earlier in this series as well? At one point, at one point, how about at yeah. every fucking opportunity? <laughs> I'm getting tired of for the guitar language. motif. But let. Uh, uh, I think it can be overused at times. It is very well used in the in these scenes, I think.
1: Yeah. He plays a song called Clara. And he does. Clara says, ooh, tell me about her. So I think this goes back to what Matty was saying, that we're uncertain who this is. Because, you know, at this point, the Doctor seems to know who Clara is. But Clara has no idea who he is and wants to find out who this Clara is. So, I won't lie. I thought for a second this could be another mind palace.
0: But then, oh, that's an interesting theory but, that I, I hadn't considered.
1: But then I was like, why would it be a diner and not the TARDIS?
0: Yeah. Um, my My brain initially went to Splinter Clara. You know... Like like the you know the ones we saw in uh, the name of the doctor. I thought I thought we were just doing that again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really like the sort of the 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 not even misdirects, just withholding enough information that that you that your your brain immediately jumps to. Every possible explanation except for what it actually turns out to be, which I think makes the final reveal all the more heartbreaking. Mm. Um, So, great cold open. Masterfully done. Yeah,
1: so we get the titles, and then when we're back, we have the Doctor, who is on Gallifrey now, Yeah. and he sees The Barn.
0: The Barn. We're back to The Barn, listeners.
1: Yeah. I didn't know if it had a special name, so I've just called it The Barn.
0: I think everybody just calls it The Barn.
1: Yeah. Like, I can't even rem- like, I know I've seen the barn and I know it's where he grew up as a little boy and it was where he was yeah. scared of monsters, but like, I don't know, it could have been any old barn today, couldn't it? But I just knew straight away what was going on here. Yeah. So, back in the Citadel, the cloister Bells ring. Yeah. Okay. You should check out the cloister Bell podcast if you haven't already. Yeah,
0: shout out to those guys.
1: Okay. And they alert the president. There are sliders everywhere. The Cloister Race. Are those a new invention or are they...
0: Yeah. I can't remember whether the Cloisters as a uh, protective layer for the Matrix is a new invention. I think it might be. The Matrix itself goes back to classic Who. Yeah. But uh, the rest of it I think might all be Moffat additions.
1: Right. So the bell ring signals the doctor's return. And out of nowhere, just the Sisterhood of Khan turn up. Yeah, why not? Good to see them.
0: Yeah. And... I do I do like the um, the act who plays I think her name is O'Hila, the character. Mm. Who's like the, the leader of the of the Sisterhood of Khan. You know, she's got a lot of presence about her, I think. Yeah.
1: So, inside the barn, a lady appears and recognises the doctor and tells yep. him that they'll kill him. However, yep. she feeds him as a crowd sort of gathers to watch. So, a mm-hmm. bit of a messiah complex going on here, isn't there?
0: Oh, yeah, there's definite parallels there. Um, so... This episode is one that kind of... I think it's the first time in Who that we really start to see the divisions within society on Gallifrey. You know, not all Gallifreyans are Time Lords. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... To be honest, there are so many conflicting nuggets of information about Time Lord society and... and uh, what have you that it you it's hard to kind of put together a clear picture. Later on in this episode the Doctor refers to Shabogans. Sometimes Shabogans are the name given to like all Gallifreyans. Sometimes they're a specific subset of the sort of those that live outside of the 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 Time Lord elite. Uh-huh. Um it's very, very muddled. But certainly you don't get the impression that those the crowd gathering round the Doctor are Time Lords. No. No. they they're like you know a b- bunch of dusty peasants
1: yeah they're all dressed in rags compared to like the high council aren't they
0: yeah yeah so it's not subtle
1: so a gunship <laughs> approaches yeah and asks for the doctor's surrender however the crowd refuses to leave and i did like the bit where the doctor just steps up draws a line in the sand and then goes back into the barn for a little thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, this whole section is so, like, Clint Eastwood, isn't it? It's yeah. very much playing on, on those kind of Western tropes.
1: So then the
0: commander of
1: the Gallifreyan Armed Forces approach and the Doctor just goes back to bed.
0: Yeah. we've And we've seen that guy before. Yeah. I don't know if you remember him from the day of the Doctor.
1: Yeah, he was like at the war table, wasn't he?
0: He was, yeah.
1: And then the Gallifreyan high council approach, so the <laughs> yep. Doctor turns them away too, and eventually the president approaches. Yeah. And the Doctor simply says, "Get off my planet."
0: Yeah. First thing he said since the cold open. Mm. We be- and this is we're like what, like 20 minutes in at this point. Yeah. I think it's uh, something James touched on in his tweet, but, like... I mean, this whole series is basically an acting masterclass from Peter Capaldi, but the contrast of, like... Yeah. You know, last episode, he's talking the whole time and is brilliant. It's basically one giant monologue. And then this episode, he's not saying a word and it's all just his physicality. And, again, he's brilliant. It's just... Yeah. So... one oh, sorry i the other thing i was going to mention was i don't know whether do they use his name at any point in the episode but the the lord president they, uh played by donald sumter they
1: do later on
0: yeah yeah well I mean, we'll save it for them then but uh, okay but yeah obviously different 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 actor this time
1: yeah uh so
0: the president wants... do, do you recognize the actor
1: yeah the yeah name? yeah he's the one of the maesters isn't he from game of thrones
0: he is, he's the maester of Winterfell. Yeah. Um, yeah, He's. I'm, I'm sure he's been in doctor, uh, like classic Doctor Who as well. I want to say the Ice Warriors, but I haven't double-checked that. Um, so... Well, it might have been the wheel in space. It's definitely a Troughton story. Anyway. He wants info on the hybrid,
1: and the military then refuse his order to shoot the Doctor. Yeah. Okay, and when they do finally shoot we flash back to the diner for a little bit yes and when we're back with the doctor it turns out they all shot round him saying that in the time war there was a saying the first thing you notice about the doctor is that he's unarmed and for many it's the last thing you notice as well yeah but didn't we see all live didn't we see the doctor in the time war with a massive big gun
0: Right at the end of the time war and he used it to just to blast no more onto a wall. Ah, uh, that might be what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Okay. And he and he had to borrow it from a soldier as well. So right.
1: these soldiers down their weapons and side with the doctor. Yeah. And this is where we got the first hint of who the president is, because he's got his big old infinity gauntlet on. Yeah. Okay. Because we find out the doctor had called for reinforcements. Because loads and loads of ships appear, and the president says, "Oh, my reinforcements have, have arrived." Mm. I didn't even call for them, and it turns out the doctor had called for them because the president is Rassilon.
0: Yeah, good old Rassilon. So, how, how, good to see. How him. did you feel having Rassilon back? Um,
1: well, we haven't seen him. We did we we didn't see him in the special, did we? The last uh, time, at the end of
0: time. Yeah, he's played by Timothy Dalton.
1: Is it... I thought the last time we saw him was when the doctor shot him back through time.
0: Yeah, that was in the end of time.
1: Yeah, but he wasn't in the fiftieth anniversary when the doctor was on Gallifrey, no. was he? No. no, no. So it was good to see him after so long. Um, yes, I'd love to know what happened to him. Is he supposed to course, just be older Timothy Dalton or a regeneration of Ross?
0: I think it's a regeneration. Um and also I because I like that that Sumter plays him very differently. Like he's at this point, he's like, you know, the 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 Emperor holed up in his bunker, like he's losing his grip on power. Mm. Uh, so there is a there is a sort of a paranoia and an uncertainty and and a fragility to him, whereas Timothy Dalton is just like this big booming boss man, uh, in the end of time. So it's a very different um, portrayal. So I'm not mad about the recasting at all. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's good to have. You know, it's it's interesting because Watson is such a huge figure within the history. And lore of Doctor Who, but he's only appeared on screen like a handful of times. Yeah, maybe twice in classic, and uh, you know, so far twi- twice in in new Who. Maybe only once in classic. Really? Yeah, I can't. I can't. am trying to think of other instances, but yeah, it it's crazy. It's just like you know, it it's almost more like it, it, he's a figure of legend than 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 a character of import within Doctor Who itself. Mm
1: -hmm. So the general orders that Rassilon does leave Gallifrey. Yeah. And we find out at this point, Gallifrey is at the end of the universe. Yeah. So it's existing, you know, hiding away. When it says the end of the universe, is that the end of time at this point, or just the end of space? I
0: I think so. I think it's, it's the Douglas Adams definition of the end of the universe, so... Yeah, towards the end of the existence of the universe.
1: Mm. So,
0: I mean, and if you if you subscribe to the theory of uh, of the universe physically contracting, you know, that's a popular you know theory within astrophysics, isn't it? That you have the Big Bang, and then at a certain point, it actually starts to go the other way, go yeah, come back in on itself. So, potentially, there's just less physical space as well at this point. Um, But yeah.
1: Okay, so the Doctor then dismisses the High Council, mm-hmm. orders them into exile, and goes to see the Sisterhood of Khan. Yeah. Okay, and they discuss the coming of the hybrid. Now, don't let me forget, yeah. at the end, I think you're going to ask me, what is the hybrid? What do I think the hybrid is? And yeah. I, I've got a theory that is out of line with every other theory people have told me this week
0: great i look forward to hearing that i won't i won't forget
1: okay so the hybrid will then unravel the web of time to heal its heart okay yeah. i think don't they say it'll destroy the hearts of millions to heal its own yes and the doctor then orders some Gallifreyan scientists to give him an extraction chamber mm-hmm. he wants to talk to an old friend Yeah. And he uses that to extract Clara just before her death to Gallifrey.
0: And here was me thinking it would be Turlough.
1: Oh, imagine that if it was just like, (laughs) what's the one everyone hates? Is it Adric?
0: Adric, yeah. Yeah,
1: imagine if he was just like, oh yeah, sorry about that. Like, everyone was really mean to you.
0: Yeah, I just really need to do some complicated sums for me.
1: Yeah. And then once he's done it, the Doctor just kicks him in the arse out of a door.
0: Yeah. Back you go. Yeah. Uh so yeah. yeah,
1: we've got Clara, but she is time looped. She is trapped yeah. between her final heartbeat and the previous mm. one. Okay? Her I lo- death I
0: love I love this idea. How do you feel about it?
1: I, I think it's really good. The mm. fact that, you know, whenever they're finished whatever they're doing, mm. the conclusion is she goes back. And yeah. faces the raven, for want of a better phrase.
0: Absolutely. So it's not, that's the thing, it's not a retcon. It's just, um, it's just filling in a gap that we didn't know was there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, And I, I, I love, I want to shout out specifically as well, the, 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 the visual, um, the, the editing Mm. Uh, on on this moment where where it kind of you get this like color separation like a like a badly transferred VHS or something, it, oh, I I just find find that so effective.
1: If if um, we go back and watch Face the Raven, yeah, is there any hints at the point of Clara's death that this is going on?
0: None, none whatsoever.
1: None. No. Yeah. Right. So. We find out her death, as we've said, is a historic event. It can't be altered. And this is all being relayed to the doctor from a general. And the doctor then punches him. Okay. Yeah. And he says he won't let Clara die, although this would fracture time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he then asks the general how many regenerations he's got left, because then he doesn't feel guilty about shooting him.
0: Oh, man. Okay, so... This is one of the bits that is a step too far for some people and one of the reasons why this episode is so divisive. Um, I don't understand why, because the whole point is that it's... You know... a, a the, the Doctor isn't being himself in that moment. Um, and, and yes... It's you know you can. He's very very cavalier about it and says, "Oh, you know regeneration is like man flu." We know that's bullshit coming from the Doctor. We we literally had an episode um, where you know the tenth Doctor is having this heartfelt, tearful conversation with Wilf, telling him how it feels like death, mm. like you you are losing yourself and becoming somebody new, and it's not like this. This Time Lord that he's just shot, he was on his 10th regeneration. Or was it 11th even? I can't no, remember. Ten, but anyway, one like that. He, towards the end of his regeneration cycle, not that many left. Um, and, yeah, so it, and we know that, that Time Lords can live for hundreds of years within that one body, barring accident. You know, it'll be a long time before they they wear thin, so to speak, and, and get so old that, that they just need to move on to a new body. So you're potentially just stealing hundreds of years from that person's life. That's not insignificant. It is a form of murder for a time lord. Um, so, yeah, it's a big moment. And this isn't me saying that I think it's a step too far personally. Um, but I, I think it, it it's... It's meant to be jarring. Um, and it, it's effective in that, in my opinion. Uh, what did you think in that moment?
1: Uh, see, I, I was worried when you were saying that it's part that people don't like. I thought you were yeah. going to make reference to the like cross-gender regeneration.
0: Uh, we, we I forget how much of that you see in that moment, and how much happens in a later scene. Mm-hmm. Do you see it all in that moment? What we, what do your notes say? Uh, so do we go back to it?
1: We see most of it here, yeah. Yeah. Shoots the general. So, uh, because he'll regenerate. However, it's a cross gender regeneration.
0: So cross gender and of course in terms of the act of portraying cross cross race as well. Mm. Um uh, <laughs> but um yeah, anyone who 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 moans about that i've got no time for whatsoever they can they can just piss off um but great great to have it on screen because obviously we we'd already had established we had first of all we had the first tease in the doctor's wife the mentions of the corsair being female in some of their regenerations mm-hmm. then we had missy and that was our first on-screen canonical if you like that word, Um, cross-gender regeneration. But we didn't, like most of the Master's regenerations, it's happened off screen. And we don't have a fixed idea of where in the Master's extremely convoluted timeline Missy is. Um, And then now, here we have, clear as day, an old white man regenerating into a young black woman. Hooray! You know, oh, I
1: bet people it's were unhappy like... with that.
0: <laughs> they may have been, to be honest. If they did, it just—I just bounced right past it. Got—I've just got no time and no interest with anyone who wants to have any form of a dialogue about that, because there is nothing to discuss, as far as I'm concerned. The whole point of regeneration was as a means of keeping the show alive and meaning that that different actors can portray. And now they've—they've they've just smashed it wide open anyone can be the doctor and that is brilliant mm. so yeah no, no no interest in having any further conversation about that really but i don't know how you, I, i'm interested obviously in how you feel about it matt but uh in terms of like the wider fandom i don't think there is any any much need for discourse yeah
1: I, i'm much of a muchness with you there just you know regeneration they turn into a different person it doesn't really matter who that person is
0: Exactly, and uh, yeah, I just it just means this you've got more casting opportunities now. Yeah, more directions you can go. That's that's great, you know. So um, obviously, as things stand, um, the Doctor has continued to only be portrayed by white actors. Mm-hmm. I think when when Whittaker decides it's it's time for her to move on and hang up the sonic screwdriver, I'd be very surprised if. Um, if it was another white actor, male or female, do you,
1: uh, do you think there'll be more backlash? Say they cast a black female, would that land them in more trouble than just casting another black, uh, another white male?
0: There'd be backlash either way with that. Yeah, it just depends. Um, it would be hard to know which... Because there was backlash when uh, Capaldi was cast. There was a vocal minority of fans who were just like, come on, it should have been a woman this time. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. People like... It's, uh, by, by the time Matt Smith was, was finishing up, they were like, come on, it's got to be a woman this time. We're overdue. And it didn't happen. With hindsight, I'm glad it didn't. One, because Capaldi's brilliant. Two, because... Um, I, As much as I... I i um, have been a vocal advocate for having a female doctor in the past i didn't want them to be written by Moffat.
1: no i <laughs> totally with you on that
0: so yeah I, I i i think the timing is okay i think it to be honest i think it should have happened in the 80s but we did we it didn't at the time um so i'm better late than never i guess
1: Right, so the Doctor takes Clara down into the cloisters. Yeah. He explains that it's a bit like Time Lord Hell. And at this point, he's also got a neural block. His plan is to wipe Clara's memory of him. That way, people won't hunt her for knowledge of the hybrid. Mm. Okay. So... When they're having a little route about down there, there's a Dalek and some Angels and some Cybermen because they're all trying to access the Matrix database. Okay. But the database overpowers them and now uses them as a defense. Yeah. Okay. So they
0: find a service hatch. And can, can, can you tell how how thrilled I was by that aspect of this story?
1: <laughs> yeah, totally unnecessary, really, isn't it?
0: It was just...
1: Any opportunity, they love throwing the old angels yeah. in there, don't they?
0: Yeah, I just, like... I do feel like it was a demonstration that I do kind of... I'd, I'd love to see what, as a director, Rachel Talalay would do with an angel story. I think she'd do it very well, because... You know, let's not forget her background is in horror filmmaking, Mm. Um, so I think she'd do a good job. But and we get a little glimpse of that there, but it is completely superfluous to this episode.
1: Mm. So the Doctor tells Clara a little bit about his youth, Mm -hmm. and Clara asks, "How long has it been since the Doctor last saw her?" She says, "You know, you're looking at me differently." And the Doctor's like, nope, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. And, you know, he refuses to say anything. Mm -hmm. But the sisterhood of approach and tell her that he waited 4.5 billion years for her. Yeah. And I love the bit where she says, well, why did you bother? What's that all about? And he just goes, I have a duty of care.
0: God, yeah, the way he delivers that. Like, it's like, We knew that was going to come back, right? Yeah. But it really does pay off.
1: Yeah, because it it became like a subtle catchphrase. We knew when asked, that's what he was going to say. But they never overdid it.
0: No, no. It was, yeah, really, really nicely played, I think, in every way.
1: So Clara then begins to talk to the Sisterhood of Khan gives them a little spiel, and she says, right, I'm going to tell you exactly what the Doctor's just told me. And what he told her was basically, keep talking, cause a distraction, and I'll escape. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So in amongst all that, she tells the Time Lords why everyone hates them. Yep. Okay. And once her little discussion's over, the Doctor reappears... Because he's stolen a TARDIS and uses it to run away.
0: Yeah, because that's what he always does when he gets to Gather. Yeah. <laughs> um um so I, and Yeah, we get get a nice little classic TARDIS.
1: Yeah, we see a naked TARDIS, as I've referred to it. Yeah. And yeah. we see its default setting on the inside, which is just like the original set.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Everything's Very white and
1: circles.
0: Yeah. Okay. It, you know, it it's looking good in HD, though, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I kind of, I kind of want a, a modern TARDIS set that's not dissimilar to that. Like, you spruce it up a little bit, maybe, but... Do you think they you should know. go
1: back to a small one? Because they're just getting bigger and bigger at this stage, aren't they? <sighs> mm.
0: We we will talk about TARDIS sets more, I think, when we when we reach the Whitaker era. I have strong feelings when it comes to to uh, the current TARDIS interior. Mm-hmm. So, well, let's table that discussion for <laughs> another six months.
1: Right. <laughs> so inside, the Doctor works out that Clara is alive again, but she's not. Okay, he says once we escape Gallifrey you'll probably come back to life, but she doesn't because her chrono lock is still at zero. Yeah. So he says, right, well, what we'll do is we'll go forward to the end of time where we can't be yeah. traced, and that'll give us a bit of thinking time and see what we can do. Okay? Mm.
0: There's a real desperation to, to him. Oh, yeah, he's moment. freaking
1: out at this yeah. point.
0: And like, he's even like he's he sort of... He snaps at Clara and... and you know yeah she's she's not happy she's you know she is not happy with it she's she's like said look why did you do this i don't want this yeah uh, that's so, it. i think yeah.
1: she doesn't she say something like uh, it doesn't obey the laws of the universe and he's like look the universe is over i make the laws mm-hmm. now
0: yeah 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 it's um it, you know the, the whole the whole the whole story is it's basically that the, the Doctor has kind of just lost the plot. Really, yeah. he is the villain of this story. Yeah. So,
1: right in the middle of this emotional scene, yeah, we get four knocks on the door.
0: Oh, yeah,
1: we've been there before. Unnecessary callback. I like that the Doctor's like, oh, it's always four knocks. Yeah, and when Clara says, "Who's out there?" he says, "Oh, it's me." So. You know, for half a second I thought, oh, it might be future doctor.
0: But, yeah. But, or maybe uh, just Colin Baker.
1: Yeah, again. <laughs> or oh, just Tom Baker is like his old man. Like
0: Yeah.
1: You know, they open the doors, they're just in that museum again.
0: Oh. Yeah. But You know you know that version of the Doctor has uh, reappeared in Big Finish.
1: What? Fu- Sorry, future they- Tom Baker?
0: yeah the curator because they've done they've done like loads of stuff with tom baker being the fourth doctor but there's a current um uh paul mcgann eighth doctor set called stranded uh where the doctor is stranded on earth and he's kind of just having to to live in in contemporary london uh and he's trying to get the TARDIS working again a little bit like third doctor era though different um and apparently uh, Tom Baker shows in the, up, up in that as the curator. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Big Finish's motto might as well be leave no stone unturned. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Never mind a stone unturned, it's blood from a stone. They'll, they'll milk <laughs> Doctor Who for whatever <laughs> they can.
0: Oh, <laughs> yes, they will. They will absolutely bleed it dry. So... The Doctor goes
1: outside, and Ashilda is there. Okay? Yeah. And Clara's kind of watching this conversation on a screen, isn't she? She's using yeah. sonic sunglasses.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Ashilda tells the Doctor that Clara died billions of years ago. Okay? Yes. That is history. That is fact. He can't change that.
0: Yeah. Fixed point in time.
1: Okay. Okay. So, she asks him about the hybrid, and the Doctor says, well, it's you, two warrior races, because she's half human and half whatever. Maya. Maya, that's the one. Okay. And she says, well, I'm going to suggest another proposition. Okay. Mm-hmm. It could be half Time Lord, half human. It could oh, be you. yeah. Like, As
0: we were discussing last week. Okay. That, that was, at one point, technically canon.
1: And then they say, well, what if the hybrid was two people, not one? Okay, so it could be that the Doctor and Clara, who is acting as the Doctor, together make the hybrid. Now, I think... I'm going to make my statement here, David.
0: Yeah, go for it, go for it.
1: I think the hybrid is the Doctor... Yeah. ..but not because his mum was human.
0: Right. Uh, Why do you think it's the Doctor? Okay.
1: in this story, currently... Who is the president of Gallifrey?
0: Um, I don't know if there's a clear line of succession, whether they've just handed it back to the Doctor. The Doctor has been the president of Gallifrey.
1: Yeah, so they acknowledge that the Doctor has ruling yeah. power on Gallifrey. Yeah. Okay. Now, who have we seen be the president of Earth?
0: Um, Oh, the Doctor. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I think it could be him, not because of his, like, race or blood, just that he's been the anointed, like, champion of both those races.
0: Ah, that's cool, that's cool. Yeah, I hadn't considered that. Yeah, because if you think, yeah.
1: like, you know how it's misconstrued as two warrior races? Yeah. Um. Well, in both times he's been appointed, like, the president. It's been in a time of war, hasn't it? Mm,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's that's a good theory. Good theory, Matt. Yeah. I agree with you, I think it's a doctor. I don't like the oh the hybrid is two people theory because that's not that's not a hybrid then is it? No. <laughs> that's just at best a, a, a temporary pairing of two distinct things. Um So yeah, I, I've I've always just been like, oh it's the doctor you know and i'm perfectly happy with the half-human theory you know as as Maisie williams uh, as as me says what what you know if you're a time lord why, why do you spend so much time on earth mm. you know it's it's cl- it's been clear for a very long time that earth is his home from home yeah and uh I, I've never had any problems with uh, the half-human on my mother's side line in the Eighth Doctor movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically, yeah, it's part of my headcanon. The Doctor is half-human. Not a problem. Doesn't doesn't invalidate the character, does it?
1: Mm. So the reason... Well, one of the reasons the Shielders suggests that the hybrid is two people is yeah. we get a callback to how the Doctor and Clara met through Missy. Yeah. Because, obviously, she was interested in the hybrid. She had knowledge of the hybrid Mm -hmm. when we last saw her. Okay? So the plan is that the Doctor's going to take Clara to Earth and mind-wipe her. Okay? Until Clara confronts him and suggests that she's done exactly what the Doctor would do, which is, of course, reverse the polarity on the mind wipe. Okay.
0: Insert air horn sound effect here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the classics, eh?
1: Yeah. And I like the bit where she says, look, I may not have a future, but I refuse to lose my past.
0: Yeah. I. She says, I am entitled to that. And it's, uh,
1: it turns yeah. out all her work uh, hasn't, you know, broken the mind wipe. It hasn't reversed the mind wipe. Okay, it's just made it faulty, so it will mind wipe one of them. So one will remember, okay, and one won't. So they make their peace, they both place a hand on it, press the button, and, you know, I think, doesn't she say something like, oh, Doctor, I'll never forget you, and he kind of goes, oh, I don't think that'll be a problem. Then he has a funny turn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he's on the floor kind of freaking out. And then we cut back to Nevada, yeah, where the Doctor has relayed this entire story to Clara. Yeah. Okay? We find out that he can't remember who Clara is. He says, you know, I feel I've got this memory, all these stories, but I can't picture her face. And we find out he doesn't have a TARDIS at this point.
0: Yeah, he's not been able to track it down where he left it in London
1: and at this point it does say oh i've been here before but not with clara with rory and amy so it's it is the same diner which is good to know
0: it is uh, and it was a genuine diner i think it's now closed down but it was a a, a sort of american style diner in cardiff oh really yeah so it's just a, a convenient local location
1: all right okay so when clara sort of bobs into the back of the diner the whole thing disappears, because it turns out the diner was a TARDIS. Yeah. And the Doctor finds his outside. Okay, so we see Clara and Ashilda on the TARDIS, and Ashilda says, you know, we have to take you to Gallifrey. You have to face your death. And Clara says, yeah, "Yeah, absolutely, but why don't we go the long way round? Insert Uh air horns. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So the Doctor then re-enters his TARDIS and we see the systems fire up a bit like we did last week. Okay, and on a chalkboard we see the message, run you clever boy and always be a Doctor.
0: Yeah. And he gets a new TARDIS screwdriver. He does. And
1: then the final shot, we see the TARDIS flying through time and space and we see the DINER going the other way. Lovely. Now, I genuinely thought this was going to end a little bit like Tennant, you know, where he's on the TARDIS and all of a sudden there's like a new, you know, when...
0: Uh, When the Titanic crashes in or whatever. Yeah. Or when Catherine Tate
1: appears, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: I thought it was going to be like that, but no, it just ends. So... Yeah. So,
0: yeah. So, who knows where we're going next.
1: Yeah, not a bad episode. Maybe slightly, th- with hindsight, maybe a bit better than bad.
0: Yeah. I think it's it, it, it gives a good final, final send-off for Clara. Yeah. Until, of course, she Big Finish come calling.
1: Yeah. She'll be back.
0: <laughs> uh, they, no they, one they, outruns they,
1: Big Finish.
0: They'd be on it in a, in a heartbeat if they could, um, you know, for the adventures of Clara and me. Uh, because it's basically a licence to do more Doctor Who, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it for a character that's had a lot of send-offs already, mm. it, it's hard to know where else to go, but Moffat manages it, doesn't he? He, he gives her a, a good final farewell here. Um, and, and, you know we're used at this point to having the sort of the tragic end for the companions. It's kind of nice that the tragedy is really pinned on the doctor here.
1: Mm.
0: Um, it's kind of the reverse Donna, isn't it? Donna had all of her memories of her time with, with the 10th doctor snatched away from her. So it, it's nice that if, if it's going to happen to someone, it happens to the doctor instead this time. Um, yeah. I, I I really do like it. It's it's not per, it's maybe not perfect. It's a little slow in spots. And it's definitely it's a, it's a talky, thinky kind of a finale. It's not a yeah, a it's not big all old guns runaround.
1: blazing action packed, is it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I do think it's good. I I think it lands. It lands the series on its feet. Mhm um and that's about the best you can hope for with any finale really everything on top of that's just gravy as far as i'm concerned because endings are the hardest thing to to, to ever write um so yeah it, uh,
1: what have we um, got next week
0: next week we're not quite christmas special specials are always tricky because do you do you lump them in with uh, the end of one series start of another it, it can be a hard call to make sometimes. For the purposes of our schedule, we are going to be treating the next Christmas special as though it were part of Series 9. So next week, it's going to be Christmas for us. And then the following week will be our Series 9 wrap-up. So listeners, please do get your thoughts in now uh-huh. for our Series 9 wrap-up. Uh, tweet them at time or space Pod, or you can email us timerofspacepod at gmail.com. Uh, It would be lovely to get some questions in for the Series 9 wrap-up. Obviously, please avoid spoilers for anything post-Series 9 because Matt's not seen any of that yet. Uh, But, uh, and then after that as well, if you've got suggestions for uh, a third Doctor story to watch.
1: Oh, we we have had some... Please let us know. We have had some uh, listener tweets on that, but
0: I would have to go Do keep them coming, though. To yep. Do keep them coming. Ideally, four-parter. Uh-huh. F- five at a push, maybe. But, uh, you know, we want we want something we can cover in a single episode, basically. So, so what's um, the title
1: of the next episode we're watching?
0: So the next episode, Matt. The title, I'm afraid, is a bit of a spoiler, but you're going to see it anyway okay. when you come to watch it. So might as well give it to you now. The title of the next episode is The Husbands of River Song. River Song. River Song.
1: Oh, David, you've made my day.
0: <laughs> get her back.
1: Yeah. I thought we were done. I, oh, all my emotions.
0: <laughs> I never <laughs> realised how much I missed her coming. till
1: you've just said that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's because uh, it, it, you do end this episode on a kind of like, well, where do you go from there? Kind of thing. Yes.
1: And get River
0: back. Get River back. Perfect. I hope
1: it ends with a punch-up between River and Missy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd pay good money for that. Just give me that. (laughs) Well, I don't know if I can promise you that. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, do join us next week, listeners, when we will be discussing the Husbands of River Song. Until then, as always, thank you so much for listening. And cheerio. Bye now. (laughs)